Lord, we worship you. Lord, we adore your holy name. We give you thanks and praise forever and ever. Amen. Come on, just glorify God today. Just glorify God today. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Make sure you greet someone as you take your seat. Welcome them heartily into God's presence, God's house, the time of the word. The time of the word. Hallelujah. It says he sent his word and he, he, he healed them and he delivered them from all of their troubles. The Bible says, and he sent a word upon Jacob and he lighted upon all of Israel. So there is a word coming that is able to heal. There is a word coming that is able to healing in this context will mean restoration. Will mean the returning of things that are lost. Maybe in the process of time of through ignorance or through any ways. That's what the healing will mean. And then to deliver you from every trouble. And to, to light upon you. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. He sent a word to Jacob and he lighted upon Israel. The word coming to you will be able to bring illumination on even everyone who is connected to you. Hallelujah. Jacob was a man. Israel was a nation. The word came to Jacob and he lighted upon the whole of Israel. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And Israel till today still stands steadfastly in the illumination of the word that came to Jacob. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So God is bringing a word our way this afternoon. We're still on the series, Consecrate. Praise God. How many of you guys listened and learned something last week? How many of you guys have started practicing that which was instructed from the word? You see, the productivity of the word is not only in receiving it, it's about engaging it. When you listen to the word, the expectation of God for you is that you are able to engage the word he has given. Hallelujah. Matthew 7, speaking about two kinds of builders, the wise builder and the foolish builder. One heard the word. The word is like the building. But the foundation upon which the building will stand is how you put the word into practice. There's one heard the word and put the word into practice. I will liken him unto a man who built his house on a solid rock. The rain came, the winds blew. All of those things hit against the house, but the house remained standing steadfast and sure. But another man, a foolish builder, heard the word, went back without doing anything about the word he heard. It's like a man who built his house without a foundation. And the rains came and the winds blew and everything came crashing down. Don't start building until you ensure your foundation is right. Hallelujah. And how to, how to set up the right foundation is by ensuring that the word, you see the word in itself is an edifice or it has the capacity to build. But the extent of what it builds or the, 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 the extent to which it will stand will be largely dependent on how much of it you have put into practice. So my encouragement therefore for you all is to ensure that when you hear the word, whether spoken in this place or in anywhere else, you, you engage the word, you put the word into practice. Praise God. The word is like a seed sown on the soil of your life. If the soil does not supply nutrients to the seed, the seed will not grow. 
So the soil must engage the seed and how the soil engages the seed is to supply nutrients to the seed to ensure that the seed germinates. Hallelujah. Amen. So if you want the word of God to grow in your life and to be sure, you have to engage the word. Now the word of God for us in this season is the word of consecration. The word to consecrate. And we learned last week, taking our scripture, our anchor scripture from Proverbs 18 verse 1. I mentioned that by today we should all be able to recite that scripture, particularly from the KJV. It says, a man through desire having separated himself, seek it and intermeddle it with all wisdom. Now wisdom, 1 Corinthians 1, the Bible refers to wisdom as being a dimension of the personality of the Christ. And we learned as well that as you begin through desire to seek, what that will mean is it will bring a separation from you. The more you seek God, the farther away you get from the people. Hallelujah. And we learned about the tabernacle of Moses being a type of a tabernacle that exists in heaven. Remember, God said to Moses, be sure to build the tabernacle according to the pattern that you saw. The writer of Hebrews reiterated that. And the reason is because that tabernacle that Moses was building on the earth had an existence or, 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 or the real form of it in the heaven. Hallelujah. And the, the tabernacle had three layers. The outer court where the sacrifice for sins were paid. And that's where every believer starts in their relationship with God. But then it has the holy place. And that's a place you have to get into. That's when you in fact begin to enter into the tabernacle. And there are three major items in the holy place. You have the showbread which is a type of the word. You have the candlestick or the candle lamp which is a type of the Holy Spirit. And you have the altar of incense which is a type of worship and prayer. Those are things that rise to God. Hallelujah. Amen. So when you begin to interface with God in the holy place, you will meet these three major dimensions of him. Him as the word, him in prayer and worship, and him as the spirit. Hallelujah. It's when you have sufficiently intermeddled with those dimensions of God that you are now taken into the holies of holies. Amen. And what you will notice is that as you progressively enter into these dimensions of God, the number of people you find reduce. Because some people are more comfortable staying on the outer court, just being fine with salvation. Oh, I'm saved. Oh, I'm washed. Oh, I'm sanctified. Oh, I'm purified. You were not, made, you were not saved to remain there. You were purified and sanctified so that you can come and have fellowship with the Father. Hallelujah. And the reason you were washed, the reason you were forgiven was so that you will be able to come into the holies of holies. You'll be able to meet with the Shekinah of God where his glory indeed appears. Hallelujah. And his glory appears like the light from the sun What God wants is for us to be able to come 
from where we are at the outer court that's where everyone comes to him first at he wants us to begin to move to begin to match and we see that you cannot walk from the outer court to the holy place except that you have already desired to make that move into it praise God praise God and when you when you begin to move into the holy place there is a kind of garment that priests were given to wear as they begin to advance into the holy place God gave clear instructions to Moses and remember all of the things that Moses was doing was all a replica of an original that existed in heaven praise God so even the garments that the priest wore were all replicas of a dimension that existed in heaven hallelujah and there was a kind of garment that you had to be clothed with to begin to do business with God in the holy place and there was a kind of garment meant for the high priest the kind of garment that will qualify them to begin to do business in the holies of holies amen so every series we have thought up until this point are just precursors leading us to this one important time and season where the word of God comes to say to consecrate because there is a new dimension of himself that he wants to begin to reveal but this dimension will come alive will become expressive to you as you begin to consecrate now this dimension of him will have different implications for different people amen based on the peculiar nature of your calling and the assignment God has given to you to do so to an entrepreneur this new dimension will birth in you new entrepreneurial possibilities that you can use to take over the world for God to someone working in the finance space it will birth new possibilities in that regard to a fashion person it will birth new ideas hallelujah and it is with this new dimension you are able to take over the world for God amen Moses said to God how would we go like we will be like every other nation on the face of the earth there'll be nothing different about us hallelujah that was Moses's complaint to God so if you go the same way you are now you you want to engage the same things that are known in your space how would you be different you'll be like every other hustler in the space until God introduces something new to you that you bring into your space and you are able to shine bright amen, amen. but how these things will come will be by consecration many of the massive innovations and inventions came when people gave themselves to God in consecration and sought him for new things the Bible says is the glory of God to conceal a matter is the honor of kings to what to search it and you agree that many of those searches are not done in the open you find people who search for things searching for them in the dark and secret and hidden places amen so when you when when a man is searching you may not even see him you may not even know he's looking for something hallelujah Moses was looking for something went to the tabernacle outside the camp and when he entered into the tabernacle then the glory of God came upon the tabernacle the glory of God didn't come when he was still outside making a stroll down to the tabernacle the glory of God came down on the tabernacle when Moses entered into the tabernacle away from everyone else 
There are dimensions of God that will be open to you the moment you decide in your mind that I'm going to separate from everyone, everything else. I'm going to commune with God alone. Hallelujah. And that's when he began to teach Moses deeper ways of him. How to make room for possibilities to occur. Hallelujah. And that's why the psalmist says, and he showed his ways to Moses. Moses understood the ways of God. He understood how God operated. He understood how to birth possibilities. But his acts to the children of Israel, the ones who don't desire to come into the secret place, you will see the acts of God. You will be like every other person. Oh, wow. God is in this place, mighty. But you cannot replicate that same experience if left alone. When they needed water, everyone was calling Moses. Why couldn't they produce water? Because they did not know the ways. Hallelujah. And like God is saying, the secret place is not just meant for your pastor or your bishop or your apostle. There are dimensions of God that they draw from there. But for you as an entrepreneur, for you as a social expert or whatever space that you occupy, there are dimensions of God that you need to draw from him. Hallelujah. Colossians 2, the Bible says in verse 3, In him, that's in Christ, I heed all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. There are treasures of wisdom and knowledge that you need in your space, but where are they? They are hid in where? In Christ. And it's as you begin to search out the person of Christ, as you begin to intermeddle with his personality, that you begin to interface with the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Hallelujah. There was a conundrum in science when they were trying to, you know, establish the infrastructure of, um, of satellites. And for a satellite to operate very functionally, the satellite has to orbit the earth at its same pace. Now that is, at, at least at the time, it was a conundrum. How would that be? How would you get something to the earth that moves at the same speed the earth? I mean, you have to calculate the speed of the earth and program it in such a way. Hallelujah. But this scientist who knew that all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in Christ, he held his wife's hand and began to kabash. And all of a sudden, like light, it came. Hallelujah. And then he discovered how to, because everything that is already in the natural was created from a realm of the spirit. So if you want to make breakthroughs in this realm, you must find out how it is done in the realm of the spirit. And to do that, you must separate yourself. Now a man through desire, having separated himself, seeketh and intermeddled with all wisdom, not just all spiritual wisdom, power to heal the sick and raise the dead. Those things are very important. But all wisdom, wisdom in your space, wisdom in your circle, wisdom in the spaces that God has called you to operate in. Hallelujah. And that's why God is bringing the word to us very strongly in this season. He say, my children, consecrate. Just come and seek me. If you seek me with all your heart, then you will find me. Hallelujah. The world is waiting for the manifestation of the children of God. We are the children. But we will not manifest that which we don't have. Hallelujah. And for us to manifest possibilities, we must draw those possibilities from God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. 
So it's my great strong encouragement to everyone listening that make sure not to leave this place and leave it because this is a, it's a season really where God is so desirous of birth. See the things that will make you relevant in your space. The things that will make you renowned in your own sector or in the place God has called you to represent him in will be the things that you draw from God. Otherwise, what thing do you want to go and do there? How do you... You see, Joseph was able to dominate Egypt because he brought an infrastructure of intelligence that the wise men of Egypt did not know about. And so Pharaoh said, when, when Joseph says, search, search for a wise man in all your kingdom, that he said, why, why are we looking for a wise man? You are the one. Hallelujah. There was a new dimension that he brought that was able to cause preservation of grains for seven years. Before that, it never existed. Hallelujah. Or Daniel. That's what made him stand out. That's what made him elevated. The kind of wisdom he was able to bring. One time, the king had a dream. And he said, I, I, I'm not going to tell you my dream. You tell me my dream and tell me the interpretation. And all the wise men, the astrologers, the people who were leading figures in Babylon, in enchantry and sorcery and all of those things, they said, oh king, this kind of request has not been made by any king in all the face of the earth. It's an impossible request. Tell us the dream. We'll interpret it for you. The king said, I know you have planned to deceive me. I'm going to ensure all of you who are killed, all with your families, everything burnt. And then Ariel came to meet Daniel. That this is the decree of the king. He says, why is the king so hasty? Tell him to wait. I'm coming. My guy knew the secret of consecration. He went at night with his friends and consecrated themselves and said, Lord, show to us the dream of the king and the mystery thereof. Consecration is such an important tool. And when Daniel was done, the Bible says God spoke to him in a dream and showed him the dream of the king and revealed to him the interpretation thereof. When he went to the king and showed to the king what the, what the dream he dreamt was and the interpretation. Heaven did not need to speak to the king. The king elevated him immediately. He became ruler of all Babylon. That is how you become elevated in your space. Hallelujah. Amen. You want to be a giant in your space. The secret is what? Go to the secret place. Don't stay in the outside. If you stay on the outside, you will see what everyone else is seeing. It's when you go into the inside that you see what no one else is seeing. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So if you want to see deep things, you want to see deep mysteries, you want to bring forth things that have never existed before, you will find them where? In the sacred place. Where are diamonds found? Are they found on the road? No. They are found deep in the clefts of the rock. So many times in volcanoes. Where do you find gold? On the surface of the ground? No, you can only find sand there. Hallelujah. To find deep things and things of great value, you must go inside. When a gold miner is mining gold, you don't see him. But when he's gone, he brings forth something that is such of such great value that the whole world begins to run to him for. Hallelujah. God wants you to begin to mine wisdom in his secret place. God wants you to begin to mine knowledge in the secret place. And the word for us is go deep, go inside. Don't stay on the surface anymore. There is a time to be at the surface. There is a time the gold miner will eventually emerge and come with his gold. But there is a time where he must be deep inside. For the world to pursue you, you must have something the world doesn't have.
If what you have, everyone has it, then why, do I, why should anyone look for you? Hallelujah. If the creativity you are doing is what everyone else in the world is doing, you won't have as much attention. Hallelujah. Amen. And so God is seeking for people who will begin to draw deep. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you being blessed today? God, see, this is not just the word to charge you up and then you leave and then you don't do it. If you don't do it, you have wasted my time. <laughs> Honestly. Because, well, not my time. I'm sent. I'm, 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 and to God, I'm delivering on the assignment, right? But I'm sent to you and the word for you is what? Consecrate. Hallelujah. So, if you take the word, you hear it and you do not do what it says, you have successfully wasted spiritual supply. That which was meant to take you into your next level. Many of you here have seen yourself in visions as being very prosperous and being very successful. Do I have witnesses here? But do I tell you something? If you continue your life in this normal trajectory, as it's going now, as it's going now, you, you know, you don't need an angel to come and appear to you that you will end up. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, you know that something has to, something just has to be introduced to the equation to bring that vision you have seen about yourself into reality. And that's something God says, come and find it out now. It's available in the spirit. Just come and start looking. Hallelujah. Lock yourself out. Don't take anything. Hallelujah. You may every you know you may have a man in the village having so many friends. The moment the gold miner comes out, every of the every friend of that man will leave him and start pursuing the gold miner. So don't be looking for cheap uh, popularity now. Go and find something that the world will pursue you for. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Are you blessed? And that's what God wants us to take a note of in this time, in this season. Because it's when you, when you search deep that you find the deep things. When you stay on the surface, you delve with everything on the surface. And things on the surface typically don't attract as much value. Amen. Hmm. Hallelujah. You see, hmm. I'm not sure which way to go because you see when I say when you pray God takes people off their script because this is what I said in the first 20 minutes or so was not even part of what the curriculum for today amen it may have been curriculum for two weeks from now no. but you see that's why you see prayer such an important tool help me Holy Spirit you see, we're dealing with consecration, and we are dealing with consecration. And like we have been mentioning, it is so, so important. If you read the Evangelism Post, so important. It's such an important tool that God has given to His church. Such, such an important tool, such an important tool. You see, the men of the underworld, they know of this tool. And... Is a, an average warlock knows the knows the importance of consecration. 
an average you see, the, the people that we contest with you see the Bible says concerning the world it says it's ruled by 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 the devil is ruled by his legions so you, the, the, the ones you are doing battle with are ones who you see they were once in the heavenlies and so they understand how to tap power how to grow how to make room for possibilities and that's why the Bible says that the children of this world Jesus speaking are wiser and they are not the children of life because the children of life oh well everything is already created for me how then do you access it you know how then do you access it and this is this is God's strategy for assessing these things that are freely given to us hallelujah the Bible says it is first Corinthians 2 verse 12 it says by the spirit we know all things that are freely so if you don't intermeddle with the spirit how then do you know all the things that are freely given to you by God amen, amen. do you understand let's read from verse maybe 10 um, it says but God had revealed them unto us by his spirit for the spirit searches all things yea what the surface things the what deep things of God it says for what man knoweth the things of a man save the spirit of the man which is in him even so no, no one even so the deep things of God knoweth no man but what hallelujah now he says now we have received not the spirit of the world but the spirit is which is of God that we may know the things that are freely given to us of hallelujah so how to know the things that you have freely you are not working for it but how to know the things you have freely been given by God is to intermeddle with the spirit amen It's like the altar of incense that rises in the holy place. Hallelujah. 
Now I know the average individual doesn't like hearing the word fasting. It just seems so uncomfortable. Can we just do everything but fast? Hallelujah. What is the burden of God for us today? And by His grace, we will be able to communicate this burden sufficiently so much so that it leads you to start living a life of fasting. Praise God. Fasting is such a powerful tool in consecration. Now you see, you can't even say you are effectively consecrating if you have not set apart. If you haven't separated. And that's really the implication of fasting. To separate from things, it's not just food. Food is as much a thing to separate from as your phone or social media or everything else that has the ability to distract you and to give life to your flesh. Do you understand? There are two things thought to be dealt with in the enterprise of fasting. One distraction, number one, the life of the flesh. Amen. So when you begin to engage with fasting, there are a number of things that is sought to be achieved. Two things to be dealt with. One thing, distraction, number two, the life of the flesh. Now let me explain what this means. God is trying to get your attention. God is trying to speak to you. But if you are distracted with food or with anything else, you most likely will not be able to hear or respond to the wind of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. And so when you fast, when you separate yourself from everything, you then put yourself in a position where there is no longer any distraction. So the moment God speaks, you hear it. Hallelujah. The devil's own ambition is to ensure you are distracted. Because if you are distracted, no matter how much God speaks, it will not make any meaning to your life. Because you cannot even pick it. The devil cannot stop God from speaking, but he can stop you from hearing. So he will introduce different layers of distractions. In the time you say you want to pray or read the board, then someone will call you a hot gist. Hot gist. Hallelujah. When you finish gisting that gist for two hours, even the ability to pray has left you. Hallelujah. Amen. God wants to speak to you. The devil has seen an angel is coming to you. He now introduce distraction. Because he cannot stop God from speaking to you, but he can condition your environment to be such that. And that's why you must deliberately decide to what? Separate yourself. So when you hear the word fasting, fasting is not just about food. Yes, food can be a valid distraction to some people. Food is not even a distraction to everyone. Hallelujah. There's some people, if you leave them on Instagram from morning till night, they, they would have forgotten that they have not eaten. So if those kind of people, we say food fast, they say, ah, no, bro, we are fasting. I six to six every day. <laughs> Hallelujah. Fasting is not a food affair. When Jesus was going to fast, it wasn't just about separating himself from food. He separated himself from every... Hallelujah. Amen. So when you decide to engage the enterprise of fasting or this tool of fasting, it's not just about being separated from food. In fact, to some people, depriving them of their phone is, is, is worse than depriving them of food. Some people can carry their last hundred naira and buy data. Data is life. They don't know where the next meal is going to come from, but data is... <laughs> Hallelujah. And you see what that does, it, 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 it feeds your flesh. It feeds your, your flesh. 
And you see, what God communicates to when he speaks to you is not your flesh. So if your flesh grows, it doesn't benefit him in that sense. Deep calls to what? It says, the spirit of God bears witness with what? So, what he's seeking to do is to establish contact with what? Your spirit. But many times, flesh stands in the way as a wall on its own, as a giant on its own, and impedes the flow of that communication to your spirit. So if eventually your spirit has to pick that signal, flesh must come down or flesh must die. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Just a few things as we begin to make steady progress in this direction. I hope we have been able to establish that preliminarily. Amen. So when you begin to fast, you begin to find out something that there is no distraction as such anymore. So you are able to retain your focus on God. Because that's going to be the reason for which you separate yourself. Amen. Sometimes you want to do an assignment. You want to perform a task. I just feel like there's so many distractions. Probably if you, if you have a house where you have a lot of people in it. You just, you typically just carry your book, carry your everything and just go to a corner where you can. Have you done that before? So that you'll be able to focus on what you are reading or the task that you have before you. In the same way and even more. When you separate yourself unto God, you are able now to retain your focus on him. Meaning the moment he begins to speak, you will start picking up most assuredly those frequencies. Hallelujah. So when we fast, we become more sensitive and more alive to the movements of God in our vicinity, in our environment, and we can participate more actively with him. Hallelujah. There are times that God begins to move so powerfully around you, but you don't know because your spirit is not sensitive. And if you could just pick up a slight frequency of his move, that could just be what changes the entire course of your life. Amen. 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 Jacob said in Bethel, he says, God was in this place and I did not know. He decided to become more sensitive. When he began to advance, when he came to a place called Main, um, May her name, the Bible says, there he saw an angel. So he began to become more conscious. And when he eventually got to Peniel, are you seeing that Jacob was building up his consciousness for spiritual things? When he got to Peniel, he didn't need to wait for a dream. <laughs> and he was waiting. He said, I think I found out around the time you come. So <laughs> the moment, hallelujah. And he began to rest. He said, I will not let you go until you bless me from night till morning. And you know what, you know, you know, you know what made room for that possibility? Jacob had sent everyone ahead of him. He said, I want to wait in this place. I want, I have business to do. You see, sometimes you, you know the caliber who he sent ahead of him? His servants, his wives, his children, everybody. The Bible says, and when Jacob was left alone. Are you understanding? And that's when the word came upon him. And he lighted. He said, what is your name, Jacob? You will no longer be called Jacob. Your name is now Israel. For you have wrestled with God and you have prevailed. You have become a prince among God and, you know, amongst the men. Hallelujah. So sometimes you have to deliberately, if, if, if you can't send them like Jacob, you have to send yourself away. So that you can become more sensitive and more conscious 
of the activities of God around your vicinity and begin a peak of those frequencies. Mm. Mm. You see, let me... Mm. I'm trying to find out how to navigate because the time is short and the curriculum has just been broached. Uh, praise God. Let me, let me explain it to us this way. You see, man is a tripartite being. Man is spirit, soul, and body. Now, when man was born, all of this aspect of man's life ought to grow. But to grow, you must feed it. The fact that you have grown is because you were fed from the earth. Your body grew because things from the earth fed you. Do you understand? Your spirit or your soul also began to grow because, I mean, that you can appreciate what I'm saying is that your soul has grown to an extent of understanding. If I start preaching to babies now, they don't, they will not even be like, hey, hey, hey. they don't even what I'm saying. Hallelujah. Because their soul has not grown to the extent to comprehend this communication is going to your soul. Your soul is divided into three, your emotions, your will, and your intellect. So this, this conversation may have a foothold on your intellect, and probably at some point it may affect your will. For some people, it may affect their emotions as well. Hallelujah. But then there is a part of our being that was mightily ignored. You see, parents are happy when they say, ah, he's growing, they say walking, but they are not concerned whether he's walking in the spirit. Do you understand? Ah, he's a junior, ha ah, he's already saying daddy, ah. They are not concerned whether he's talking in the spirit. So our nurturing has been such that has shut down spiritual growth, but laid emphasis on physical and soulish maturity. So your parents are happy when you can write a sentence and say, ah, his, his brain is now functioning. Those are things they are checking. They are not checking spiritual maturity. And so what many people discovered was when they, when, they, when they came into some contact with God or the spiritual, they now found out how small their spirit was. So in the natural, they are big men. In their souls, they are sagacious. They can command intellect and dispense. But in the spirits, they are still toddlers. And when God speaks, he speaks to your spirit. What that means is that your spirit must be able to control the other aspects of your being into conformity. Do you understand? When God speaks, he speaks to your spirit. Now, if your spirit has not grown, first of all, it may not even pick it. Now, when it begins to pick it, because it has not grown to the level where other aspects of your life or your, or your body or your person has grown into, it is unable to control or to... Or to or to ensure that that word which you heard is lived out. Because your will which is so strong, some of you are strong will people, their will have gone to the gym, does not become strong, will not let that which was spoken to the spirit to materialize. Some people, your flesh is so strong. God say pray, the word comes to your spirit. The spirit is willing, the flesh says no way, we are not praying today, sleep. In short, it's sleep, hot sleep. The kind that will snow is that one we are sleeping today. Hallelujah. Amen. Do you understand? Because your flesh has grown to an extent to exercise that level of control. Or your soul has grown to an extent to exercise that level of control. But your spirit hasn't. 
And so when you begin to fast, what you begin to do is you begin to bridle your flesh. You begin to beat it down. Paul says, so I beat my body and bring it into subjection. And that's what fasting helps achieve for you. Where you begin to bridle your flesh and diminish the life of the flesh so as to give life to your spirit. So that your spirit starts growing. So that at some point, your spirit can now exercise control and dominion over your flesh. So when God says, for example, we are fasting today, your spirit is able to communicate that sufficiently to the soul and to the body that they all comply. It may be a gradual process, most surely it will be actually. But with every time you deprive the flesh of its life, you give life to your spirit. He says, when we are absent in the body, we are present with God in the spirit. So every time you deprive your flesh and your soul of its enjoyment and its life, the things that excite it. You see, what excites your body is food, natural things. What excites your soul are things that are soulish in nature. Information, love, those are emotional things and things that deal with intellect and things that deal with your will. What excites your spirit and makes your spirit grow are the communications of God. The spiritual things. Hallelujah. And that's why the writer Jude says, Therefore, beloved, building up yourself, building up yourself on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. And the writer Peter said, Therefore, as newborn babes, he was speaking to matured, grown men, but their spirit was still like newborn. It says, desire the sincere milk of the word, for thereby you grow. One common denominator that everyone has is that every man is made spirit, soul, body. But remember, like we did in abiding in the spirit, the spirit is the chief part or chief aspect of every other aspect in your body or that makes you. Your spirit is the chief. It is the controlling. It is the principle. It is the kingly dimension. And the devil knows that. So he will try everything to ensure that that dimension never comes to life. He will try everything to ensure that that dimension is suppressed. Because he knows that when you have power, then you have power. Hallelujah. If you are powerful in your flesh, you are not a threat to the devil. He can do it like this. Are you... Are you do you understand? If you have power in your soul, you are still not a threat to the devil. It's when you begin to have power in your spirit that the devil begins to become afraid. And so he will try to throw distractions to ensure that you never begin to feed your spirit man. He will begin to throw things that will excite your flesh to ensure that your flesh never, never gives room for your spirit to establish communication with God. So that your spirit never grows. So that your spirit will never have the ability to contend with him. Hallelujah. But God is raising giants in their spirits. God is raising giants in the spirit. You may be like a small man in the natural, but in the spiritual you will be like a giant. Like Paul was, short in height, short in stature, uncomely to look upon. But in the spirit, oh, he was a giant there. He was a giant there, so much so that the territorial demons knew him. 
Jesus we know. Paul we know. He had gained rank in the spirit. Hallelujah. What you are in the physical is not a question to the devil. It's what you are in the spirit that bothers him. But he's not threatened by babes in Christ. Because babes in Christ are likened to carnal people. 1 Corinthians 3. It says, I will not address you as spiritual, but what as carnal. For you are still carnal. Paul was speaking to the church in Corinth. So as a babe in Christ, you are not a threat. Babe where? If you see a baby lion, a day old lion, will you run? It's a lion nonetheless, but it's a baby. It's a baby, it has no threat. Probably I don't even have teeth. They'll be like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> I said, come on, will you leave this place? But it's a lion nonetheless. But what? A baby. So if you had those kind of things as your enemies, you would just ensure that they don't grow. Because if they don't grow, they will never be a threat to you. Do you understand? Their claws will never be developed. Their teeth will never. So the things that give them ability will not find expression because they are not growing. Do you understand? So this is where fasting comes in to balance the equation. You see, the Bible says time and chance. You see, time is the most common denominator to all of humanity everyone has 24 hours you will agree that to feed your flesh you need some time do you agree to feed your soul you need some time for example to feed the aspect of your soul called intellect you need to take time to consume books to feed the aspect of yourself called emotions you have to give yourself to some emotional entanglement do you understand same as to feed your spirit you need time now, because time is common to all and you are not going to be given any more time just because you want to build your spirit, you now have to steal time from building other of those aspects of yourself to start building up your... That's where fasting comes in to balance everything. So it takes away the time you would have spent on IG and gives you that time for the word. It takes away the time you would have spent on eating and gives you that time for praying. It takes away the time you would have used for useless gisting and gives you that time for worshipping. As you are doing all of that, your spirit is still is being built up. So although you had 24 hours, at the end of 24 hours, when you come into the next day, you have grown in your spirit. And the truth is, let me tell you, your flesh will not necessarily die. It's still there. It has eaten sufficiently and it will not die. Yeah, it will be eating all this and your spirit will not be eating. It's now time to start giving your spirit. Do you understand? This is one very important tool that you need as you begin to consecrate. It's not legalistic. Do you understand the meaning of fasting now? It's not a legalistic enterprise. It doesn't move God. It doesn't make God do anything that I say, oh, uh, my son fasted for three days. Let's go and bless him. No. <laughs> Hallelujah. All things are yours in Christ Jesus. So it's not moving him to give you any new thing. But when you fast, it puts you in a position to receive that which was yours already. Do you understand? So don't think, ah, I fasted for three days. Then, now, um, all the blessings that um, I've been asking God for, He will now give me. No, 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 no. Some people say, after I fasted, I had so much power. It's not the fasting that, it's not the, the fasting didn't come as a, as a, 
reward. The, the power did not come as a reward of the fasting. The power came as a consequence upon the things that you did when you were. Do you understand? So that is what fasting affords us. It takes away the life of the flesh, sets you apart from distractions, and gives life to your spirit. But this life it gives to your spirit is not automatic. It gives this life to your spirit when you begin to engage with things of the spirit. The word, worship, prayer, your communion with the Holy Spirit. And as you begin a fellowship with him, his life begins to seep into your life. Hallelujah. He has been freely given to us. But how much of him we are able to manifest will be dependent on how much of him we are able to draw into ourselves. Hallelujah. Shatakoske Bregadish. La Dededesh. So when you begin to fast, you begin to understand and you begin to see that more and more, more and more, more and more, you have the ability of control. You can now begin to control things in your body and in your soul. Your emotions is going haywire. Start fasting. Your flesh is moving you. Start fasting. What that will do is it, it will begin to kill or weaken the flesh. Have you noticed that when you are fasting, useless talk cannot entice you? I mean, how many of you have done, if you have done maybe one complete day dry, if you have done that, you would have noticed that useless gist, even the strength to go on Instagram will not be there. <laughs> yeah, you will not even have strength for it. Have you, have you experienced that before? What that does, it, it now gives you ability for control. Because before now, those members of your body were doing as they pleased. They were controlled by their own desires. The flesh has what it desires. The soul has what it desires. The spirit also has what it desires. What fasting does is it, 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 it weakens those ones. So that your spirit can now exercise. How was Paul able to exercise control? He says, so I beat my body. I afflict my body. I put it under subjection. And this is kind of how you do that. So you say, God, give me the grace for self-control. He's showing you how to plug into that grace. Start fasting. Don't worry. When you start fasting, use less gist. Say, God, I feel I'm, I'm talking too much. Just help me with self-control. So yeah, start fasting. No worry. Even talk. You will not talk again. <laughs> uh, hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. And so God institutes this system or this tool for the church so that we can plug into him, set apart from distractions, retain our focus on him, become alive and sensitive to all the things he's doing in around, in around us. Begin to pick the frequencies of his communication in our spirit. Begin to understand them. You see, sometimes, even when your spirit picks up a frequency, somehow it manages to pick up a frequency because you have not grown there. Sometimes you don't understand what, what is said. Imagine you try talking to a toddler. You don't understand what you are saying. Hallelujah. You are trying to say, baby, leave that place. Leave that place. Danger is coming. Baby will love me. Ah, you don't understand. Because 
Do you understand? So even sometimes when people pick up spiritual information because their spirits are not mature, their spirits don't understand. See, it's, it's a terrible thing to live in this spiritual world with an undeveloped spirit. It's a terrible thing. You can become a casualty too quickly. Because even if you were to stumble upon a spiritual plane where discussions are being held, because you are a baby, you won't even understand what things are going on there. But you see, unlike, unlike the body and the soul, the spirit is so expansive in its growth ability. No matter how much some of us eat till today, the only aspect of our body that may grow is maybe at your belly. Your head will not become bigger. You will not become taller. Some of you, have, you, have, you, have, you, have, you have reached your height. The ceiling of your height, you have reached it already. So no matter how you eat, but your spirit is such an expansive being. It's such an expansive aspect of yourself. It can grow in infinite ways. Hallelujah. There are so many possibilities of the spirit life that has not been tapped into. Those possibilities will become manifest as men begin to grow in the spirit. Peter had grown so much into the spirit that his spirit could project even from the natural body that his shadows began healing people. Paul had the life of the spirit operational even on his body that aprons and handkerchiefs were taken, touched him, taken to people who were sick and they began to recover. Demons cast out. He wasn't there. He didn't even speak a word. But spirit life. Because his spirit was now the most dominant aspect of himself. Hallelujah. Some people, their souls are the most dominant aspect of themselves. And that's great. It can only help you with soulish things. They can give you emotional advice. They can tell you why the sun is this. But they cannot create anything. Because it's not given to the soul for creation. In that sense. They can't interface in the spirit. So the time the demon from their village feels it's time for this man to go. They just go and off you. And you can't argue. Because it didn't come from the soul. It came from where? The spirit. And that's why it's such a disaster. To live in a spiritual world with an undeveloped spirit. Can we just begin to speak to God? Can we begin to speak to God? We're just we're gonna do a few things together. It says, for if I'm absent with the body, I'm present with him in the spirit. Mama Mash. Mama Shakaledush. Enetele Korea de Gelegedush. Mama Mashagalagadash. Jesus. For in Jesus' name we're praying. You see, one way to pick up spiritual frequencies is to set apart from the distractions of the flesh and the, and the soul. When you set apart sufficiently, then you give room to the spirit to pick up the frequencies that exist around it. I want us to seize this opportunity. Remove your mind from distraction. Remove your mind from your flesh. Because God wants to begin to show people things today. God wants to begin to show. He just, 
take off, take off your mind from everything else. Take off your mind from everything else. Just focus on Jesus. Just focus on Jesus. Be absent from your body for this moment. Be absent from the distraction that exists in your soul. And just begin to focus on Jesus. 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 Can we have a worship song? Just a song everyone can sing to as well. focus on Jesus center now. Everything else, nothing else matters. Jesus, you're the center. Everything, everything falls around you. Jesus, you. Heart to the heavens. Jesus.
intensely in this next few minutes. You see, we do not discountenance the place of the help of God in all of these things. Sometimes we may try by ourselves or on our own accord and we find ourselves insufficient to deal with all the constraints that exist. But there is something called grace in God. And that infrastructure of grace is able to be deployed to help you in your time and in your area of need. Can we begin to speak to Jesus and ask him to help? In every area where you know that you need the help of God to come in, can you begin to speak to him? You can say, Lord, I've tried to set apart by myself and I find it to be so difficult. Lord, help. Can you begin to speak? Can you begin to speak? Shantadash. Can you ask him for his help this afternoon? Ask him with all level of desperation from your heart. Call to him for his help. Jesus.
Susie, we're going to be praying specifically for the grace to wait upon God in fasting. I know that it is for many people a big deal, something that you need an extra ability for. When you begin to look through scripture, the Bible says in Acts 13, before Paul and Barnabas were commissioned to go out, the Bible says, and they were praying and ministering to the Lord in fastings. And the Bible says, and God spoke, saying, separate unto me Paul and Barnabas for the work I had called them to do. Now, the speakings of God was heard because they had set apart from distractions and focused on God and the instrument of fasting helped. When you read Acts 10, it speaks about a man called Cornelius. The Bible says, and he was praying and fasting. And then an angel appeared. For many people, these angelic visitations will have been rampant if you had just engaged this tool of fasting together with what you were doing. Peter as well, in that same time, in Joppa, was praying and fasting. Praise God. And then, he began to see the visions he saw. Like we said, fasting, it helps kill your flesh, makes your spirit come alive. It sets you apart from all the distractions that would have been encountered in your flesh and in your soul. And makes the spirit life to become the most active occupant of your being. Fasting is so important. Jesus prayed and fasted. Everyone whom you know who is doing any massive thing for God sets apart every now and then and again to seek with God. I know sometimes it's not easy as a human. Your flesh is warring against you. Your soul is warring against you. But there is grace in God that can help you sustain that activity. Some of you, you fast till 10 a.m. and that's fine. And that's maybe no spiritual law concerning that. But you know that if you had waited longer, you probably have gotten longer or better results than you had. Can we just pray and say, Lord, help me with the grace to set apart from all the distractions of the flesh and the soul and to wait upon you in fasting. Can you just ask him for that grace? It's a very personal prayer. It's a very personal prayer. Shataligodosh. Sabenos. Shataligodosh. Zetelegadosh.